back to System Minutes Trivia. This is Brent. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Pete. And this is the podcast where Jathan actually introduced himself. I know, right? I was surprised to hear his exact name actually say his name. I know. It was like the past six episodes you used like some kind of in-joke or something to open it. But I'm surprised you didn't sing your name. Don't do it, but... Jathan swears that he's a good singer. I, dis- I disagree. You know what? During the shit show final episode of the season, I'm going to sing for everybody on Mumble. Can we have can we have like a Jathan karaoke where we give him songs to sing and he has to sing them? <laughs> yes. Without without changing the lyrics and he has to sing it in the original key. Uh, <laughs> I didn't say I, it was like fucking so world class. I said I was so good. So like to start it off, we should do I believe in a thing called love by the darkness because I would I would see him try to hit those high notes. I'll hit whatever like, high I notes just, there are. All right. But, no, Probably not in the closet, but I will. I don't think he can hit the high notes he hits. I'm, I don't think he can either. It's like <laughs> it's like Freddie Mercury high. I'm going to do it. Just shit show. I'm coming for you, buddy. Okay. Well. J- Jathan, Jathan, I, I really don't think you can do it. That's fine. You doubt all you want. I, I will. That's fine. I'll be a doubting Peyton. You know what? All right. It's not you know my what? fault, Peyton. We'll put our money where Jathan's mouth is, and quite, quite, quite literally, I guess. Only there's not really any money involved. It's just the currency is Jathan's pride and ego. And there is no loss of pride from singing so, in a room of drunk strangers on the internet. So what you're saying is, if he sings terribly, we give him another year of shit. If he yeah. sings good, I like then that we still give him another year of shit, but he occasionally gets a, hey, good job, Jathan. You guys yep. aren't gonna stop giving me shit if I if I do a good job anyway. I, you don't know that. That was the that was. We could if we were impressed. I could. L- see listen, it. you'd have to be like, what's that girl that came on and sang really good at one of the anyway? anyway Taylor Swift. To, Is that what you're thinking no. of? Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh. You know what? You're 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 done. If you sing like Taylor Swift, <laughs> I will laugh you off the air. Okay. Oh my god! I've got like the greatest birthday air. surprise planned for you, Peyton. Whenever oh, your fucking boy. birthday is next time. For our oh. listeners, and sorry, Peyton, to spoil the surprise. It's That's actually okay. Jason dressing up as Marilyn Monroe and singing "Happy Birthday, Mr. President." Oh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. I'll show up at your front door, buddy. All right, let's get this fucking show oh, on the road. Boy. Yeah, what do you guys say to that? that. Yep. What, what's um, well, what's everyone drinking? Peyton, you go first. All right, I've got a Bold Rock Hard Cider. It's the Virginia Apple. I'm almost done with that, so I'm going to go back to my scotch that I have. I'm drinking that good old Knob Creek whiskey. Bourbon. Mm. Bourbon whiskey. What about you, Jathan? I am drinking some good old rum and coke. Oh, man, I haven't had a good rum and coke in at least a year. I've got a bunch of booze left from my graduation party when my family was here, and I had like a little bit of a bottle of rum left, so I just filled up a massive glass with ice and Coke and dumped it all in. Hmm. Well then. Really? You just <laughs> dumped it all in, huh? Yeah, I just, I made the drink, really? you know? Just like that. Okay. You just I don't, dumped it all in. I don't really in. care. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> Peyton, take us into the news. Yo, this is Peyton with the news. Did, 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 uh, we need to see about licensing that. <clears throat> all right. So first of all, we had some more aggressive cuts last episode. That would be season one, episode 16. For our listeners out there, did you guys like it? Did you not like it? Let did us you notice? Know. <laughs> did you even notice? Yeah. Did you even notice? Our second bit of news is that there is an open SSL advisory. Uh, there was a patch released on 22nd September 2016. Now, let's see now. There's a missing SRL sanity check, and there's a fixed use after free for larger large message sizes. 
So we need to get the you need to make sure you update those. All right, now let's see. TXB 4.6.0 dropped. Let's get down a boogie. It's a smaller, less known project. We personally use this. We wouldn't normally advertise something like this, but we do use it, so that's the thing. Well, we uh, TXB is is text pattern, and we right. will be using it on the new site. Oh. We're not right. actually using it. Oh yeah, it yet. we're not actually using it right now. Yeah. We will be using. I actually kind of forgot that. I was just like, oh yeah, we use this. Oops. All right, cool. Way to go, Jim. Yeah. All right, keep All going. Right. So Firefox is getting ready to block certificate authority that threatened web security. Uh, let's see. Mozilla has lost confidence in WO Sign's ability to protect HTTPS systems. So it's apparently a China-based certificate authority, and they are getting ready to block any credentials issued by this authority for 12 months. Apparently they cut corners to undermine the entire transport layer security system. They intentionally backdated certificates it had issued over the past nine months to avoid an industry-mandated ban on the use of SHA-1 hashing algorithms. Algorithms. I, I swear I can talk. <laughs> so, yeah, don't don't use those guys. But they're Chinese, so why would you? <clears throat> Jesus Christ. Uh, let's see now. Lenovo is denying claims that it plotted with Microsoft to block Linux installs. There are several new Lenovo machines with SSDs that are locked into a RAID mode with AHCI removed from the BIOS. So, there's no driver available for these. The SSD will show as hidden for Linux installs. The register spoke to a Lenovo spokesperson. And the Chinese giant is claiming that they do not intentionally block customers using their operating systems. Complaints on the forums suggest that users have been unable to install. From the Yoga 900S to the IdeaPad 710. That's crazy talk. Hmm. At, the, at the debate, there was gentlemen or people going around turning off hotspots and charging $200 for Wi-Fi accounts instead. As far as legality of that is concerned, they weren't blocking. However, looks like there's actually... Wait, like mobile hotspots? Because that, yeah. is, that is in clear violation of FCC. Right. They were, they were turning off mobile hotspots. They were telling people to turn off their mobile hotspots or blocking the mobile hotspots. Hmm. Well, I guess maybe turning... See, it's a tweet from Kenneth P. Vogel, and he says that they were patrolling, and they were patrolling the press file area to detect and then shut down hotspots. So I don't know that they were blocking or what they were doing specifically, but they were finding them and then turning the, and then having them get turned off. And then they would charge you $200 for a Wi-Fi account. I think that's pretty so fucked up. That's it's it's fucked up, absolutely. And potentially illegal depending on how they well, were doing that. See, the the thing is, I don't know that they were jamming. I think they were telling them to turn it off or get out. Is what they were telling them, mm. which is which is perfectly legal. Yeah, I mean, you, you obviously you know the FCC, however, said and I quote: "Something's not right." They were so apparently there's no evidence that Hofstra or anyone working on Hofstra's behalf was actively blocking radio frequencies, which is what they would be concerned about. They did, however, say that something was not right with what Hofstra did. That's actually in the tweet there, and Hofstra has not responded. Okay, actually, they did respond. They The Commission on Presidential Debates sets the criteria for services and requires that a completely separate network from the university's network be built to support the media and journalists. This is necessary due to the volume of Wi-Fi activity and the need to avoid interference. The rate card fee of $200 for Wi-Fi access is to help defray the costs, and the charge for service does not cover the cost of the build-out. Well, then, what the... What is it? That's ridiculous. If their if their issue is like bandwidth consumption, why wouldn't they let people run their own mobile hotspots? Right. That's well, also what the hell this. kind of university can't handle an auditorium full of people? 
No, uh, you'd right. be surprised, dude. Well, what do you do when students show up? On um, campus or turn it off? <laughs> turn it off. Hey, you guys are paying for this shit, but fuck it. <sighs> no, right? I mean there's there's like I don't think you're gonna get good AP coverage in like a stadium atrium kind of a thing, right? You might in the classrooms, but well, probably okay. not in the large collective so, area. Like having that. worked on cell phone towers in a stadium, the new mm. Texas stadium that they built a few years ago, I worked with AT&T on that to test that. And it's possible to build out a system like that. What sure. you have to do, what you end up doing is you end up building out a separate, it's actually segregated off from the regular network that you have, and you actually are creating a, a separate entity inside the stadium. And so... You don't have the you don't have the outside towers interfering with the in, with the interior towers, and you can you can bump up the access and whatnot in there. I'm having drawn a blank on on what actually you're so it's like a, back and forth with, but so it's like a, a mobile equivalent of like a VLAN, basically. No, so you have you have areas like so. Say we're we're in Philly and we're and then we have Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Well, Pittsburgh is on a completely different set of uh, a different network so to speak, than Philly is. And even in Philly, there could be, you know, on the suburbs, there could be one or two or even three there. And then you got further, and that's going to be a full one covering, you know, like Harrisburg and whatnot. Mm. Uh, so basically what it is, is it's it's what signifies, hey, this region is what covers this, you know, this region covers Philly. Well, this region covers Harrisburg. So when you come with the stadium, you have the Philly region, and then inside the Philly region, you have the stadium, and the stadium region is its own is its own region. So it's not uh, a VLAN. You're, you're still on the same you're still on the same network, but it's not like a VLAN. It's just a different region. Oh, so that it's, allows it's you to have more just kind of like a just kind of like a demarcation sort of thing. Sort of. Okay. Sort of. But that not quite though. That in and of itself isn't even relevant because when I talked about APs, I was referring to eight hundred two eleven Wi-Fi. <laughs> right. You know? Right. So, like, yeah, absolutely. And it's obviously it's possible to do that. I mean, you know, they did it, and then we're charging two hundred bucks to cover the cost of it, which is fine, whatever, you know. But well, that's, I mean, that's okay. personally that's outrageous, you know. It, I, it's it's a very silly price, you know. I I think right. they definitely could have planned it planned it better. And if they actually were coercing or encouraging people to disable their own mobile hotspots, that's frankly bullshit. But my agreed. My response wasn't to to Jathan thinking that they can handle like in a stadium or an atrium type of a place, large areas like that. Typically, universities aren't going to have that wired up with enough AP coverage. I don't know. So. I'm just willing to bet, and I don't know this for certain, but, like, one of our largest auditoriums on campus is called Mackey Auditorium, like a very historic mm. building. But I'm willing to bet that I could sit anywhere in there, and when it's full of people and everybody's using the Wi-Fi, it would still work. I'm saying it's possible. I'm saying most universities don't do that. Yeah, you have no basis for that. I, 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 I I've been to a lot you. of universities. <laughs> I would challenge uh, yeah. you, Jathan, to do that. I would challenge you to go in there and run a speed test. When you get in there and there's no one in there, and then run a speed test again when, when it's full, and I guarantee you, you're going to see a difference. And it's going to be significant. I don't know. Even the auditoriums yes. in the building I work in, like, we have classes in there where every seat is filled. It's not like people are complaining. And if you have classes in there, then that means they probably wired it up to support that sort of wireless, wouldn't they? Hmm. Most schools don't do that. Hmm. Most schools have like concerts or graduations hmm. and things like that in their in their stadiums sure and things do. like that. And people want to take they pictures don't have and classes tweet. in there. Oh, look, my son is graduating today. Yeah, but they don't have classes in there. It's not regular wireless usage in there, so they don't put it in the budget. They don't implement it. Whatever. 
know. Being a very tech-centric school also probably has something to, to do with sure, that as well. Sure. Anyways, we're getting way off topic, yes, and we're, we're not even halfway through the news yet. I know. All right, so the next bit of news is that you could crash System D in one tweet. Well, not really. However, the command that you can use will fit in a tweet. So the command is will be linked in the uh, link here. I'll be showing the link here. Mm-hmm. You can only some people can only reduce it if they wrap the command in a while true loop. So that's good. But what happens is is that PID one is hung in the pause system call. You can no longer start and stop demons. Init D style services no longer accept connections, and you cannot cleanly reboot the system. The system feels generally unstable. So SSH and SU hung for about thirty seconds and. All this is in a command that's short enough to fit in a tweet. This bug has been around for a while, looks like. Version 2.0. Over two years. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So, I've got more information in the actual link here. Now, I don't want to go too deep into it because we've got a lot to cover. Mm. Let's see now. What is this? Okay. So, we've got a tweet here about this by Potato Farmer. This is a nice thread about that. So, the next bit of news is that the iPhone 7 obviously was announced, now with no jack. And people were watching a website or a YouTube video about drilling a new headphone jack. Well, you really shouldn't do that. And there's actually a website, or not a website, but an article on News from the Web that says, please don't drill into your new iPhone 7. So obviously, if you'd be told to do that, well, guess what? You're an idiot. No offense. Or maybe I have, maybe I do want to offend you. I don't know. We'll go from there. And let's see now. The oldest computer in the federal government has been found. And the Simpsons called it. It is an old, it's the kludgiest, slowest, punch cardiest machine. And it's operated by none other than, you guessed it, the IRS. So there you go, people. The oldest computer in the federal government has been found. I wonder what the uptime is. I would love to know. Or even awesome. the average uptime if it if it undergoes regular, you know. Yeah, right. I have no idea. It'd be it'd be interesting, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it for the news, except for the release party. Jathan, did you have a date for that? No, I don't actually know what it is. Let me guess. You're the one that added announced the date of release party. I added it from my phone while I was on the bus. Yeah. And you don't have. A I don't. Date. I don't know the date. Admittedly. <laughs> well, because we haven't picked a day or anything, really. Like it might not be our typical recording night. Uh, <sighs> but I'm, all right let's I, move on to discussion yeah i have no words everyone i have no words this yeah, is the first I, time that i think payton uh, that i have been caught without being able to <laughs> actually say anything i'm actually uh, and you may be thinking well jesus if you're speechless why are you talking well guess what this is me being speechless i literally have nothing to say i i have no response to that anyways so <laughs> we <laughs> So we were talking about scripts tonight. We're, we're going to touch on on a couple things, but we're going to start off with scripts. Notably, things that make your job easier or, I guess, more accessible or more automated. And we're going to go on our own personal war here and say no Ruby. <laughs> Jathan put that in like our scratch pad where we, where we you know plan out topics before we record. He put that in there as a joke, but I'm like, you know what? Yeah, because I don't want to deploy <laughs> Ruby to every single box uh, in my fleet. I, yeah. Yeah, it's actually true. Just learn a real fucking scripting language. Boom. Roasted. Well, yeah. Okay. I mean, not, it was kind of weak because there wasn't really any sort of dig there, but yeah, Ruby sucks. I, I'm not a fan of Ruby. I think it's just another fad language. I, I don't even know who is. Do we know anybody who's a fan of Ruby? <laughs> we, we do, but we're not going to say who on the air. So anyways, I don't know. For me, most of my stuff is like 
customers having issues with like a, a slow node. And usually that's just a bad route. So what I have to do is I need to basically find out which nodes would be fastest for them. Yeah. And in order to do that, I need to take a speed test from every node and then compare it to their region. Okay. So I use a mix of the Ansible command module or shell module even that tends to play a little bit better so it's got two modules command and shell they do basically the same thing but shell supports like redirects and other neat stuff like that and then using that i use the i think it's speed test hyphen cli it's on github but some guy not me wrote a python version of the speed test.net so it actually inter in, like interfaces with speedtest.net servers hmm. and will it's really handy. It's super handy because you know like I'm, I don't want to like have to connect to a node and do like SSH tunneling or something just to check the speedtest.net results or something like that. Mm -hmm. This way I can just run it directly on the node and it spits out really nice concise little output in uh, just in text form so then i can take that and parse it and go from there nice that has saved so much time for me especially Mine's because so. we we have a ton of countries and a ton of nodes in each country so it's really saved like a countless amount of hours for me over the at this point what else i, I, I do i do use <laughs> i i know i know it's a rhetorical question i do use iperf a lot iperf3 uh, okay i run a persistent iperf daemon on my one of my linodes in new jersey and that's just a good way of me getting more detailed statistics i will maybe do an mtr if that's if that's it but like that's not really a script so it doesn't really count anyways and iperf isn't really a script either so i don't know most of my scripts are just like wrapper scripts to ansible or one-off type things Mm -hmm. really not really much beyond that well it's obviously network centric you know do you use a lot yeah. of python or no i've been using more and more python i've been writing all my ansible wrappers in python okay especially since ansible itself is python and they have like their own python module that you can interact with it's still kind of like limited in in its use but i can see it getting a lot better yeah cool but yeah if i if i just need to bang out like a, a one-liner i'll usually just do that in bash bash is pretty nice i like it i do i do like bash as, as a scripting language yeah yeah i'm glad you uh made me see the light <laughs> finally yeah what were, you, mean, what were you using before mostly python was my go-to uh -huh. even for like quick stuff i would write it in python before bash Ooh. yeah i mean wow. it worked fine depending i was just more familiar with python so even though it ended up being like a a longer script line wise mm. just mm -hmm. because of my familiarity it took me less time to write you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess. But, you know, for me, I'm really glad that I learned Bash, and I recommend everyone does if you're a systems administrator. Reason being, uh, of course, there are some machines that don't even have Python, though it is definitely more prevalent than, um, <coughs> you know, Ruby. Or they come <laughs> with only Python 3. Look yeah. at you, Arch. Which is completely fine with me. But yeah. in any case... Since I do manage compute clusters that have a bunch of identical nodes, I use Puppet for configuration management, which I'm sure a lot of you know at this point. And I really like Puppet, but if I'm going to make a change that's a one-time thing and I don't necessarily need to enforce that it, you know, is a persistent change or, you know, it's not something that's going to get changed on a reboot or anything like that, I'm not going to bother writing that into Puppet and saying, you know, make sure this is consistent always all the time because if I make the change myself, it's going to just stay that way. Yeah. So a lot of times I'll just write a quick bash script and use PDSH to run it on an entire cluster at once, which is really nice. The other thing is we have a lot of sort of homebrew storage boxes and knock on wood, I don't have any in here, but things have been going a lot better with them over the last like, you know, six months or so than it was in the 
last year or two before that, I'd say. But they are running on an Illumos kernel. They're using OmniOS and Open Indiana. They're a pain in the ass when you have to debug things and try to figure out what's going wrong, especially because, you know, things like strace are not actually on the box. They have dtrace, which a lot of people argue is nicer. But if you're not familiar with the syntax or whatever, it's not trivial to just like, oh, I'll just run a dtrace on this because it takes you 20 minutes to look up the flags you're going to need and how to actually run it the way you want to get the information you are actually looking for. So I've done a lot of stuff like that and sort of made a script that will just collect a whole bunch of information at once from the storage boxes when there's a crash. Mm. So it's kind of just like a script that will go out, gather lots of information, and then tell me when it's done running. So then I can go and sort of look at all that stuff up front and try to figure out what's going on. That's been pretty helpful. Cool, man. What about you, Paid? Well, as you know, obviously, I'm relatively new to the actual system administration field. I used a lot of scripts in my previous job that were not quite, they were just some basic scripts. But I have been working on a script right now that I use to check the services. And we have a a file that records what was running before the the server was was brought down and then back up again. Mm -hmm. So I want to, I try to, you know, capture that information and then um, compare it with what's currently running and verify if everything came back, came back up okay. And it's working to an extent. I have to play a little bit more. And I personally, I like Bash. I, I like Python as well too. I've played around with it as much as I can, but I don't have as many as I as I'd like. It's just I don't have as much time to try to script. I want to want to learn the environment before I script it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to pull the developer who you know scripted his whole environment and then did not develop anymore. You know. <laughs> right. Oh, there's another one I use at work, <laughs> but. But it's not, dude. You were like completely enthralled with my right. (laughs) Yeah, it hit me like a brick. (laughs) So it's not directly related to work, but I have a a script that emails out an invoice on the first of every month. (laughs) So it's not it's not directly related. It's probably not. (laughs) That's what happens when billing is done by your systems administrators. No, no, no. I don't. I don't do the billing, but it's it's ten ninety nine. So I have to invoice, and I just have that all automated. Because otherwise I would forget, and then I wouldn't get paid, and that's bad news bears. Bad so, news bears. Yeah, so I, I automate that, and what else do I do in like my on my personal boxes? I don't know. I, update, I have a script that... Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, I, I update my Arch mirror list and limit to US and sort it by speed. Yeah, thanks for that. Hey, you're welcome. <laughs> Did you figure out that you need cron D running? To yeah, cron I got that, that okay. as it were. Good. Yeah. And then what else? I, of course... Oh, we, we've been meaning to talk about this, too. I keep my Etsy in a local Git repository. I don't push it anywhere because that's that would be just stupid because Etsy shadow and everything. That would be bad. But I keep a local Git repo and properly like CH modded and everything too. Uh, CH owned a root. But I keep a local one of that and I do a, a nightly script to just commit that. To commit any new changes. Email me if something goes wrong. Or if there's like hmm. a merge conflict, I don't know why there ever would be, because it's just mostly there for revision's sake. But yeah, I do that. I think that's it. I don't really want to run that's much cool. anything else regularly. I have that same script too. Oh, did you? Did I give it to you? Or? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, right. You, you, oh, right, right, yeah. right. When I was over and we were setting up your gateway. Yeah. 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 I, I also have a script that downloads the packed free ebook of the day. Right. And thanks, thanks actually, to Forge for that one. Yeah. Thanks yeah. to Forge for that one. And it's supposed to email me, but it hasn't been doing that recently. I've got to double check to see what's going on with that. Oh, probably yeah. my provider said nope, no more. You're not doing that anymore. So who knows? Uh, what what SMTP are you using for that? MSMTP? Can't remember off the top of my head. What I 
what I set up for it. I may just not have started the service. You know, okay. So I haven't, I just haven't had a chance to sit down. Uh, listen, I've got a, I've got a newborn here, so you know. Yeah. No, it's, it's all <laughs> my, right. It's cool. My sitting down at home and working on stuff skills is or uh, time is is slim to none. So yeah. Oh, we should we should do a whole episode on email. We should. That'd be I could see Listeners, that being like what you guys two think? or three episodes. Yeah. Tweeted oh, us, man. tweeted us, and let us know, or let us know on the IRC channel or something. Yeah, because uh, I'm sure we have uh, like rants on that too. But oh god, if you are insistent upon it, I would rather we we teach you the things that are absolutely required to know. So agreed. Sure. Okay. Is, agreed. Are, are we done with scripts? Is, well, we, we I can was, be. I was just gonna say, you know, wasn't really gonna say so much as I was hoping that we could talk a little bit about what makes a good scripting language. Oh, and oh, also yeah, not Ruby. And also, <laughs> sorry, I couldn't resist. Like, if you had to learn just one scripting language and learn it really well, mm. what what do you think that should be? I think that's another interesting question. Well, the first question, like, yeah, like, not Ruby, but also, it's got to be something... I would imagine your requirements differ depending on your the actual infrastructure you manage. For you Windows admins, if you haven't learned PowerShell yet, do it. Yeah. Because PowerShell yeah. is... is the first decent scripting language to come to the MS world in a long time. So go ahead and, and get with that, because that's going to make your life a lot easier. I am not a Windows admin, so I don't need to worry about that. For me, though, I would say it's, it should be something that's available on every box and doesn't require additional installation. Mm-hmm. I'd agree with that. It's... So far as what makes a good actual script, well commented, well tested, ideally it should fail on error anytime. Like, even if there's well, like an empty variable, it should fail, unless that's part of your test case and it's part of the possibility that you're expecting. Because otherwise you're going to... Did you guys see the, the thing about Steam? They implemented some kind of thing to their Linux native client and part of the install or uninstall script or something checks to see if a directory exists and if it doesn't exist, delete the directory, except they didn't write it properly and a variable every once in a while would not get set and it would end up wiping out an entire user's home directory. Yeah, I, I, I've seen that. Yeah. yeah, so that's what you want to yeah. avoid. <laughs> right, you want to avoid things like that. Sure. So that's that's why you always fail on first error. I would much rather deal with having to tweak a script 15 times than have it fail once and be catastrophic. So Agreed. So yeah, definitely go with that. Clean formatting. Like some languages like Python kind of strictly enforce that inherently. But yeah. if you're using Bash, like stick to a, a spacing regimen and like find one and stick to it. Like if I'm writing personal scripts that I know are going to be really long, I'll indent my if blocks and my, you know, loops and things like that by two spaces each indentation. Mm -hmm. But if it's a, sh a shorter script for readability, I'll just do a tab. And that, that helps a lot with readability. Separate out your variables. So like don't mix a variable when possible, it's not always possible, but when possible, have all your variables set in one particular block, one particular section of the script, and then interact with them. Don't set a script like in the middle of a of a, a function or, or something where it's doing something totally different and you're like, oh, I need to add that variable. That variable needs to be set by now, so I'll put it here. No, do it at the beginning rather than right before it needs to be done. Again, when possible. That's not always possible with scripting. Yeah. I don't know. I, I would say that's that's what I've got. Syntax highlighting helps a lot in Vim if you that's use Vim. True. Yeah, I, I really I really like syntax syntax highlighting. Yeah. I know a lot of people who use things like what's the what's the really popular one, but it's like bloated and cost money. Emacs. The IDE. No 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 <laughs> cost <laughs> money. Uh, yeah, S time is money. Sorry. No, no. No, it starts with um, an S. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know of Eclipse, but sublime. That oh, sublime. sublime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
you know, it has the pretty colors in it. Yeah. yeah no, I, I, them, if you model, if you set up correctly, it has the same thing. You have to pay for it, you know. And if GVim or something is too ugly for you, there's Atom, there's Brackets. Mm-hmm. You've got options yeah. for. Oh, I just checked out Brackets. I like Brackets a lot. Yeah, me too. I've been trying brackets it recently. pretty nice. I, I can see it, like, taking the place of Gedit. But, you know, that aside, Gedit's not too bad either. Yeah. It does have syntax lighting, but whatever. Yeah, so good editor. Set it up the way you need it when writing your scripts. Things like that. In Bash specifically, set-e and set-x. Set-e will will do that abort on fail, first failure, error thing I was talking about. And uh, set-x is basically like debug slash verbose mode. It'll display the actual command the script is executing. It'll display the values of variables as they get set. Things like that. Really handy for debugging Bash scripts. Yeah. That's really it. What was your second question, Jathan? What languages? No. No, uh, that was part of the first. Damn, what, what was my second question? So Jathan forgot what the second question was, and it was probably not I mean, so long all ago. all three of us forgot. Yeah, all three of us forgot, but you were the one that asked yeah. the question. Yeah. So, you know, since you're listening, you can just rewind, but I'll put it in the errata what answers we have in regards to that. Because <laughs> I know I had a really good response to it, and I wanted to answer both, and then I was like, nope, it's gone. Should have put it in the in the scratch pad, Jathan. Yeah, I thought of them on the fly. <laughs> I know. Well, I know. Well, you always type so hard and so rough, you know, when we're recording. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> so then we have a second topic we wanted to talk about, mm-hmm. and that's workplace self-defense slash security. So we came up with two kind of components to this. There's the physical aspect and the quote-unquote cyber aspect, the digital mm-hmm. aspect, or really the informational, because it, the first thing we're going to talk about kind of transcends that. So to start off, we're going to talk about OPSEC. And we talk about this a lot. For those who aren't familiar with the term, it, it means operational security. It's basically being secure in the way you live your life, the way you approach your workflow, the things you do, rather than like what encryptions you use or anything like that. That's that's sort of signal security than anything. But so OPSEC is, is you know, mostly behavioral. It's knowing where you what happens with the information that you give out is a big part of that, I would say. LinkedIn is popular question mark it's it's pretty popular we're all on there but nobody uses it yeah that's that's the well that's the weird like uh paradox of linkedin is that it's super popular and has a tons of users but nobody actually uses it maybe when i'm looking for a job or something or a gig yeah i'll use it but other than that not really yeah so that's it's you want to be really careful with any information you put on social media. Yeah. Hell, anything on the internet, even like you got your own private web servers, anything like that. DNS records, who is records, all of these things are, are things that can be easily found given enough time and or patience and or know-how and or resources, I guess, whatever. As Jathan found out? As Jathan recently found out. So you also kind of need to be careful about who you expose to your information, even if you aren't directly exposing it yourself. Say you give a friend a, a picture of you and you're doing something shady i don't know like you're slamming like it doesn't have to be shady it could be well no it it works best for this example teenage daughter's selfie in the bathroom right but you know like we want to we want to give a a example that's going to stick out in people's heads here so say you're slamming a rig of heroin and someone takes a photo of that or you take a selfie with the needle like jammed in your arm whatever (laughs) by the way you're doing it wrong what are you talking about who's just like out taking pictures while while that's going on Uh, well that's my point that's my point so normally you'd be like oh it's cool i'm not gonna upload this to social media i'll just like text it to my friend or whatever Uh, i mean i would not text it because there's 
uh, signal intelligence and things like that that you need to be concerned about. But that aside, we're we're focusing on OPSEC here. <laughs> so your friend gets this photo and he's like, he or she is like, that's fucking hilarious. I need to put that on my Facebook and it's not going to be a problem because I'm not in it. So, you know, whatever. Then later on, it finds its way to Facebook. It gets cached. Google, Internet Archive, whatever. Ends up on various memes. That stuff doesn't go away. Ever. Ever. Right. So you got to be really careful, not only of the photos you upload to any given thing, even to your company's directory, but also you need to be careful what photos you take. What photos you take? Going back yeah. to what what was it called? The fappening? Oh, God. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Where these were photos stored on mobile devices, not really uploaded, not even necessarily shared, just on mobile devices and... Easily compromised phones, remote exploits, and things like that. Boom. All of a sudden, these things are leaked simply because they took the photo. So you got to be really careful of the photos you take as well. Or yeah. or the words you write. Or, you know, the, any sort of digital record of any sort. Data in general. You got to be really careful with that. Because once you mess up, you can't go back. And you just kind of either got to assume an entirely new ad- identity or just deal with the potential consequences and try and damage control and hope people forget about it, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, one of the things that, like, especially, and no offense to Jathan here, but people in his generation are doing is they're going out to the bar and they're like, oh, man, I was so wasted last night. And there's an accompanying image of them being wasted really stupid yeah. and it's just like yeah. look you know you have to realize that follows you everywhere and you know i'm really thankful that a lot of stuff that i did when i was younger facebook wasn't a thing you know mm. i didn't do anything that dumb as far as i can recall but uh hey you know but you know people who would potentially be that oh dumb. Oh, oh yes yeah. i know plenty of people who have done something like that weakest absolutely it's always you know the weakest link of the chain isn't necessarily you you know so that's right. that's something you always right. got to be aware of yeah i mean and and employers look at that kind of stuff potential dates a lot of potential da- oh, understandable man. you know because it's Listen. like <laughs> you don't really know a lot about a person you know so you got to be careful and i you know i props if you do that but well i you know it's funny you say that because my uh, fiance who i'm actually marrying on friday mm-hmm. by the way there's a bit of news i didn't, didn't include one of the first things she did was she looked me up mm-hmm. yep and you know she went over my all my history and my current job my ceo looked me up too and he said i figured out you were just eccentric and i said that's great <laughs> Crap, what did he see, you know? <laughs> Maybe I was getting like a full psyche Val profile of right, you or right, something. Right, 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 Yeah, so I would say for you personally, because I'm, I'm a, just in general a privacy advocate, sure. the more you keep private, the better. You mm-hmm. don't need to take photos of everything. You don't need to take <laughs> photos of every meal you eat at every restaurant. And if you do, I really hope you aren't geotagging them. Like, learn how to strip your exif and things like that. Right. But Well, you could turn that off in your phone, too. Yeah, you know? yeah. But most Which most people really don't even should. do that. They don't even right, do that. Right. I personally have pretty bad OPSEC, and I know that. So now I'm just like, I'm at the point where like, yeah, I, I might get doxxed. And I am probably in some sort of danger, but or potentially could be, I'll, I'll say. But like, honestly, mm-hmm. at that point, there's nothing they can do that some other foreign governments wouldn't do to me. <laughs> so yeah. without going too much into detail, you know, that's, I'm not... You know, whatever. Life is short. YOLO. <laughs> YOLO. Yeah, I've, I've been the same way with my life as well. Yeah, but I, I guess the, the key thing here to take away is if you take a photo, if you write a sentence down, print it out even, 
whatever. Always assume it can be traced back to you. Always make that assumption and you'll be okay. If you operate under that sort of mindset where nothing done with a computer is truly private, then yeah. And, and that's one of the things I hate about Tor the most is they make such grand statements about anonymity, but we've seen plenty of people make major fails at this, or I guess wins yeah. from the from the state intelligence agencies, you know? Yeah. So it's it's not a magic bullet, and they advertise it as such. They don't really do a whole lot to teach you good operational sec. They just try and be like, hey, we're magically going to make you unable to be detected and this is not true well, at all well i think one of the things that, that you know like you said i mean the, the people need to realize is you can have a security system for instance mm-hmm. at your house and you can have it installed and you can pay for the monitoring yep. but if you never lock your doors and you never enable it it does you no good mm-hmm. you know so you can have tour you can use tour but if your exit node is camped by the government you're pretty much you know Or if you're a targeted person of interest. Right. Yeah. I mean, at that point, you're fucked. So ideally, you never want to become a person of interest. But that's not possible. That's not always possible because I think you, me, and Jathan are all technically persons of interest. Oh, we absolutely are. We absolutely are. Don't include me in your antics. No, no. You're on it. Dude. You're on the list. Dude. Yeah. You are on the podcast. Yes. Precisely. You've used used the word Linux Linux. online. You are on the list. Yep. There you go. It's unavoidable. And, we, you know, we, whatever. Yeah. I am probably more of a person of interest. I'm probably, like, higher based up your... based on my political views and, and things like that. But, well, you know, last I check, it's, it's still a free country. And I yeah. am active enough. And that, that's the other thing I'm going to touch upon. I am active enough on social media where it's it's act, sort of like a canary. Where, you know, if the, the system and podcast, like, isn't active for a week or a month, I am probably in Guantanamo. <laughs> So, <laughs> or you don't say, or I've I've been hit by a bus or something. Something happened. So the so the Twitter sort of acts as like a personal canary, I guess. But yeah, I mean it's it's yeah. it's tough. Yeah. It's really tough. Which is why I think we really need to stress to millennials and even like younger than that. Like if you have children, especially if they're young children oh, from a man. very young age, you got to teach them look. Whatever you do, people will see it. Always keep that in mind. You don't want to like, well, you don't want to like strike fear in them. Just let them be aware because that way they know how to approach the internet. You know. I, I, well, do you remember the Windows 10 advertisements where it was like, "Oh, my face unlocks my computer," mm-hmm. like like that thing right there. Like that's not necessarily a good thing. You know. Well, yeah, I don't think any of us would claim that is. And did you see how it was circumvented? How you, someone can just print out a, a picture of your face and then yeah, pull it up to the of camera. Course. Yeah. yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. And, you know, honestly, I think it's okay if you use those sorts of features so long as you understand the implications. And <laughs> it just depends on who you are and how much you give a shit, right? I I would argue it's, it's important that everyone at least give two shits. Yeah, I think everyone should <laughs> give at least two shits as well. But <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, if you have a phone that you just use at work, and let's say you literally only take calls on it for work okay okay use your fingerprint to unlock that now the issue Mm -hmm. with that is that your fingerprint is still stored somewhere on that phone and i think that's already a bad thing in my opinion but do you know how you understand no no no. do you know how easy it is to spoof every single biometric we have out there yeah absolutely you can you can and that's why i don't personally use silly putty you can get it from a glass and use that like it's it's a bad idea and you may say yeah it doesn't matter it's a work phone the phrase corporate corporate espionage should have you shaking in your shoes 
Okay, okay. I'm not advocating for the use of it. I'm saying, nor do I advocate for the use of Tor, as we've talked about many times. Mm. What I'm saying is, if you are okay with the potential consequences, then by all means, fucking have at it. I'm saying if you should, if you aren't, if you aren't concerned with the potential consequences, you shouldn't have a job. You shouldn't be working for that company. You shouldn't, or, and or own a company. Because that's a liability. Sure, but if that's you're a company like, that doesn't do an audit to check for that kind of thing or anything else, that doesn't make it of, okay. Yeah, that's that's my whole point. Is like you need to care whether you actually care or not. You need to at least pretend it. You need to walk through the steps. It may not be a personal value for you, but just because you don't see value in it for yourself doesn't mean it doesn't have far-reaching consequences. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. And again, I'm totally on board with that. Mm -hmm. I think that it's a stupid ass fucking idea. And personally, if I were a, a phone maker or something, I would advocate for not making phones that even have those features to discourage it. But I also understand that phone makers, Apple, Samsung, actually, I don't think HTC even has done fingerprint yet, but I understand that they are trying to appeal to consumers and make money and not necessarily help the world. I'm just saying there's some people who would say that the benefits of using that very simple unlock feature outweigh the risks. Right. And I'm and not that's... one of those people and you're not one of those people and Peyton's not one of those people. That's risk is... assessment. Sure. But the... but everyone has to do that for themselves. Like you can sit here and you can say that's bad, but it's bad for you. It's bad in your eyes, but you're not everyone. I... That's all I... I'm saying. That's like saying using Windows without any sort of antivirus is not necessary or is not bad. I don't use antivirus on Windows. Do you expose it to the world? Is it like hooked up right to your cable modem? Do you call the ISP and say, hey, look. No, and you, you know that's not the case. It's, okay, I, my point is the people who would do that because their ISP tells them to are people who don't know any better and the people who don't care about security. So they're the ones specifically who need to care the most because they're most at risk. That I agree with. Okay. And therefore, everybody needs to care about security, whether you actually care or not. And that was my but point. But there's so. a lot of people who you could sit and explain all of this to. Like, Oh, I, I agree. Almost, it needs to be more accessible. Well, not even that. But I almost guarantee, like, I could sit down with my mom and I could explain to her why using a f her fingerprint to unlock her phone is a bad idea. And she would mm -hmm. just be like, eh, whatever. Like, she just wouldn't care. Right. But you can't force someone to care. No, and I, I don't know how you would. But I'm tr that's what I'm trying to at least encourage. Yeah, absolutely. You know, in the same way, my new apartment, when I moved in, pretty nice place, whatever, has a mm -hmm. Nest thermostat. You know what the first thing I fucking did was? Port scanned it? That's what I, I would have done. Actually, I don't even know what that means, actually. Port scanned? Oh, port scanned. I thought you said horse canned. No, no, no. Port scanned. <laughs> no, I didn't port scan it. I didn't even put it on my network. Are you fucking kidding? I don't know. I mean, I... I... My curiosity would have That's what I did. I turned the Wi-Fi straight up fucking off, as off as okay. it gets through the interface on the Nest. Sure. It's definitely not on my Wi-Fi, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But you look at uh, other people, home automation, the internet of shit, it's all the rage. Mm -hmm. I'm not putting my light bulbs, my fireplace, my water heater, my windows, my security, and all that shit on the internet, period. Whoa. Did you see there's a tampon? That is internet enabled. Is that real? I, yeah. I saw something about that. Is it cordless I... or? <laughs> is it cordless? <laughs> yeah, like, I mean. Oh, gotta just plug in and check my data. It depends on your definition of cordless. It's not running out to a terminal or anything, but there is. I, you need some method of pulling it, it out. Is when it it's rechargeable? <laughs> no, no, no. It's got like is components. It really? I'll, oh, I'll, I'll link you. I'll link you. Internet capable tampon. <laughs> so you can know your flow. That's, that's the, tw it's 2016. That's what the people want. No, they don't. There's like one person that wanted that. How many people do you think wanted it after they saw it? Three. No, I, I would say the number is much higher than that. That is weird. And that's, fuck. but that's the problem. 
like that harkens back to fingerprint ID and things like that. Yeah, it does. I I got a new phone. I got a Huawei. Huawei? How do you pronounce that? Whoa. I have no idea. I heard some guy say Huawei one time, and I was just like, are you, I are you feel like it's Huawei, but I don't know. Anyways, you'll see it in the show notes. If you're a Chinese speaker, I'm sorry. <laughs> I have a, a strictly Western tongue, so my apologies for that. But anyways, I I have one of those, the Nexus 6P. To replace my HTC One M8 because the the replacement I got for it finally died, and I mean I like it, but it has a the the fingerprint ID on it on the back. So I the yeah the first thing I did was disable it because I know the risks. The issue I have is it comes with it enabled, and it really encourages you to set it up on like during the setup process, and that's that's a, a major failing I think on. Apple and, and Google's fault is there, and, and Microsoft, is they really encourage bad practice. And I don't know how many well, times we can name and shame them until they, they really get clean up their act about The problem, that. again, is really that they're just trying to sell phones and people are like, oh, I can unlock my this with my with my thumb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's fucking fantastic. I can type in a pin and it takes not that much more time for one. Well, I wouldn't even use a pin, but... Well, okay. Because <laughs> you, can, you can brute force a, a pin the same amount of time you can do a, a pixie stack attack with, with the uh, wps reaver anyways anyways don't use a pin don't use a fingerprint use a strong password also why why did they limit the password what did i what did i say oh, yeah. i was ranting about this i thought it was like, like 20 or 18 characters or something like that it yeah, was I forgot about that it was lower than i wanted it to be and i was i was i had a moment of rage in our irc channel when i discovered that yeah. The other thing that pisses me off about Android actually is you can't set a separate password on the encryption from your device password. You can, actually. It's just you need to play around with it a little bit. You need to use ADB or there is an app that lets you do it, too. But you oh, need okay. a rooted one to use the app. Ah, got it. Yeah. But yeah, you well, can do it. Default, I'll link it you. I'll put it in the show notes. Remind me, Jathan, so I don't forget. Yeah, I. I but yeah, by default, it uh, it's a mess. It is a mess. I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. Not either. Whatever. So that's that's. I think we can we can stop talking about opsec and move on to physical security. Sure. Okay. Jesus. This is gonna be long. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's probably gonna be a long episode. Yeah. It's, it's one of those where I'm like, oh, this will be a short episode. Yes. Every time you say that. No. 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 Well. All right. Jathan forgot what he was talking about for like five minutes, and then we had to that's wait true. while all of us tried to remember, and then we had the thing with. Like the news, there was a, a gap there somewhere. We had a couple other gaps during during scripting. So like, you know, it happens. Right. It happens. Right. It happens. I'm curious what the final edit's going to be. But at this point, we are at 59 minutes and 52 seconds. So, you know, take that as you yeah. will. So physical security. There are a lot of a lot of aspects to this, just like OPSEC. I guess technically you can kind of consider physical security as OPSEC as, too, uh, as well. The, yeah. the things I came up with right off the bat when I saw your mention of it, that I misconstrued as physical security. Yeah. was like open carry versus concealed carry, carry firearms versus not mm-hmm. arming yourself at all versus a knife or something. Mm-hmm. Or just armed guards. Badged entry. And that was the things that stood out to me the most. Do you have any other... Before we go into detail about those, do, do either of you have any sort of other ideas about that? Mm. Jathan, do you have an idea about that? Not really, no. Okay. Oh. Well, let's go right into the, okay. the firearm slash weapon idea area. Well, I would I would say largely it's unnecessary if you have proper lockdown. And I think I think you lean a little bit more right than I do, Peyton. Which is okay. Sure. Like I'm not I'm not you know, sure. I don't really care either way. Like I know my my 
ideas and beliefs are my ideas and beliefs and whatever. But yeah, I don't have a problem with people having a concealed carry license as long as they're properly licensed and have gone through proper safety training and things like that. I don't have a problem with it. I just don't think it would do a whole lot for the actual security of a workplace environment. Maybe armed guards, but, you know, that's an additional cost. Potentially, potentially, it can make you a a bigger target because people see armed guards and they think, oh, wow, there must be something they're worth getting. And then they're going to find ways to circumvent those armed guards. But Mm, that's true. I mean, you see it all the time with banks. Like, how many of of heists were performed without ever anybody drawing a gun, you know? So, yeah, I'm sure there might be at least one good reason to have either your employees armed or armed guards, but I can't think of any offhand. Can you think of any? Well, so it depends on what you're doing. Sure. Where you are. Very true. I can think of, you know, a couple places right off the top of my head that require the people to be armed, Mm -hmm. and that would obviously be like a gun store or... You know, like even a bank would be, I think, would be good for employees to be armed, honestly. Yeah, because armed robberies do happen still, but... They, they yeah. absolutely do. Yep. I would but, say convenience uh, stores, actually, now that I think about it. Because they're bigger yeah. targets than banks now. The one thing is, if you have somebody with a gun, mm-hmm. they have to be properly trained to use said gun. Sure. Absolutely. And, and that sure. is sometimes... Well, yeah, no, I I, I think it's I see what you're getting. So... This actually ties in, and I hate when we get political, but it's unavoidable because we live in a political world, and we're going to just divert in all sorts of different tangents, but whatever. So, like, the the Charlotte protests, the... What was the cop's name? What was their name? I I don't know. Yeah. So, everything I saw in the available video, it's hard because the the helicopter feed cuts out when it goes on the other side of the van. But everything Mm -hmm. I could see, the shooting victim was in compliance. So, this is a big big problem I have with. Well, Well, but but we don't... Yeah. So I think if someone's in compliance, yeah, and we don't know because the helicopter cut off, but I'm saying from what I saw, it looked like it was in total compliance. So I think a big part, and this is my, this is my point. I'm, I'm, I don't really care either way. I don't really want to get into it, but this is my point. If you are an armed enforcement agent, whether you're an armed guard or a police officer or whatever, I think we need to find some way of increasing the safety and the reaction factor. You know what I mean? And I know it's hard as a cop because you don't know who's armed and who isn't. So it's always going to be an edgy kind of high tense situation. But I think we as a country could do a lot better in our training in that area. And I think that would help a lot. I agree completely. Yeah. And I, I think that's where Jathan was going with that. Correct? I mean, I wasn't really talking about law enforcement or any anybody who is armed all i'm saying is if if you have a gun like anybody can attain the proper means to go out and well not anybody no okay you know what i mean though like you could go tomorrow and you could get a permit to carry with some amount of effort not that you would receive it instantly or anything. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't get it that day, but sure. Yeah, sure. But you may have never actually shot a handgun. There's no test that says I can actually handle this weapon. Right. And yeah. I think that's a problem in the sense that, especially like handguns, people are like, "Oh, you know, this is a handgun. That's not. It's not a big deal." But shooting a pistol and shooting a pistol well and not shooting somebody that you don't even intend to shoot can be pretty difficult. Yeah, I mean, we have it for driving. Why don't we have it? For... And even then, we have well, so many accidents every year. So that's another well, thing I can get better, but whatever. Are you talking about are you talking about vehicle accidents or are you talking about shooting accidents? I, oh, I mean, a, I mean vehicle accidents. Uh, okay. But my point because was like we we require on hands licensing for to get a, ve- a vehicular right. license, right? And of course, you always deal with the issue of like the black market and people obtaining 
firearms in an unlicensed manner. That's not like well, downplay that. That's a thing. So here's the thing, and this is something that that I have a lot of a little bit of experience with being from Texas, which requires you to go through a two day course, and then you have to qualify with your firearm or a rented firearm before you're issued a license. Good. I like that. Well, okay, sure, absolutely. The thing is, mm-hmm. you know, it's cost prohibitive. Mm, because it's true. like two or three hundred bucks for you to go Jeez. through this course and you have to do the course to even apply for and get and you have to get fingerprinted, which is fine. That's that's you know, that's not the problem. The problem is the cost of it, of mm. course, is you know in my opinion, it's not, it's counterproductive. Yeah. So what ideally what I'd like to see is not two or $300, but 20 or 30, um, I would say no more than a hundred. Okay. You know? Or okay. even, and I don't know how this is in other States, but in Pennsylvania, like you can take your hunter, hunter safety course, usually for a lot of places it's free, right? Like I, I took, yeah, I took it online. Sportsmen's associations and stuff will have people who teach it and stuff mm-hmm. and they just do it by volunteer. Well, they, yeah. it'd be really cool to do the same sort of thing with like handguns, like, you know, veterans. So or here's, here's the thing about the hunter safety. So the, the, the content is pretty good and it's about like eight hours end to end. Of course you can stop it and then come back to it, whatever. I, I just did it in one night because I'm a, a, a freak like that. But so you can do it all online now and you only you need to pay. audio. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just kidding. Isolate what audio? Uh, I'm a freak like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's CC licensed. They can do it. Uh-huh. So, you know, you take it all online. The content really is pretty good. And now, is, you only now, need to pay the, that you're talking about? the hunter, hunter the, safety hunter, course, the PA okay, hunter safety right. course. Okay. You only need to pay if you pass, which I also think is a really cool idea. And you can take it, you know, however many times. Sure. The downside of that is there's no and this is something I'd really like to see. There's no actual practical demonstration that you've gained that knowledge. Okay. You may test really well, and I, I test really well. I'm, I'm still, like, super careful with my rifle when I go to the range and things like that. But mm-hmm. but I, I don't trust everyone else who passed the, the course to be like me. Yeah, and that's definitely true. I do think, in any case, like, your point about getting your driver's license, I do think there should be some kind of, like, hands-on exam that you have to pass. Yeah, yeah. But, you and know, I even that doesn't... That doesn't guarantee anything if i'm 18 years old in a state where there's open carry and i go and i pass whatever test they come up with and i can demonstrate i can shoot a handgun if i don't shoot for the next 10 years that doesn't mean i'm going to retain that necessarily yeah well like driver's license i mean i don't know why i keep going back to this but it's the one example i can think of where it's like a, a privilege not a right but you still can be licensed whatever well well yeah i want to i want to i want to Go ahead. Yeah, we I, I, we require I, I, renewal for those licenses, but we don't require retesting. And I think that's something that is an issue as well. So if we can implement that in sort of a, a firearm realm, you don't need to like necessarily hit a target. I want to make sure that the instructor is there and watches you feel casual with the gun. But I don't know how you test that. How do you okay. test that? So here's where here's what I want to say. Yeah, yeah. this is pretty off topic, um, but I, but no, no, it's no, no. it's this good is, discussion though because it it plays into the larger thing. But yeah. Sure. So here's the thing. You don't necessarily need to have accuracy training with a firearm. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. What you need to have in all instances, shoot, don't shoot. Yes. You need to know when and when not to pull your firearm. Okay. Like a lot of what happens is, is, is people will be like, oh, he yelled at me and they pull and they draw and now they're accused of brandishing. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, or they pull the trigger with a deadly weapon. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. So the prop, so it's not necessary to enforce accuracy or being able to hit a target. Mm-hmm. That's a nice thing to be able to do. 
No, what you need to do is 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 train and teach. When do I need to pull this firearm out? When do I need? When shouldn't I? You know. Yeah. So this all falls back into the workplace physical security. Mm-hmm. If you're working somewhere and your employer allows you to carry a concealed firearm, which my employer does not, mine does. I, 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 I can't have. <laughs> I cannot have a weapon of any kind mm-hmm. on the premises, which is fine, you know. But if you're working somewhere and your employer says, "Hey, you know, you're allowed to carry uh, your your concealed firearm," mm-hmm. you know, obviously as long as, as no one sees it. You know, or you don't pull it out. And you're not waving around. That's that's not a problem. Mm-hmm. Now, say someone busts in and pulls an Aurora or a Columbine or whatever, and starts shooting up people. The problem that you're going to have is unless you're training on a regular basis, you're yes. going to not react the proper way. Yes. So the point is not whether people can carry a firearm. The point is not whether they can be protected or feel protected. The point is if you're going to carry, you should train. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It, not not should. You, you will train. Yeah. Because if you don't train, then you're going to go, oh, and you're going to drop your gun, and then, you know, whatever. And, um, and then you're down, all of your coworkers right. are down when you tried to play Correct. hero, and you didn't know what yep. the hell you were doing. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, uh, I, can, it's not, I can agree with it's that. Not, it's not as easy as, you know, like the movies make it to be, you know, you can't pull it and bam, 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 and the guy's, you know, got two poles center mass that are less than a quarter of an inch apart and he's dead. No, it's not that easy. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't. You know, I challenge I challenge anyone of our listeners to please by all means engage a moving target. Go out to a range and engage a moving target. I actually and went then to, show me your, your results. I went to a really nice range in yeah. South Carolina, I think. They had yeah. a pistol range. Indoor, indoor. Okay. So, you know, it's it's nice and, and it was really sure. well air conditioned. I wish I could remember the name of it. I think it was Palmetto. No, that was the first one or two. I'll, I'll see if I can find it. But okay. they had a pistol range and they had moving targets. Ones that flipped sideways and moved left to right and things like that. It's hard, isn't it? You know what? I don't know. Because <laughs> I was on the rifle range. I don't have a pistol. But yeah, I, I didn't try. But I don't think I could. Not uh, without so, at least month, well, three months of training, the- probably. So the thing is, so we engaged some some very preliminary moving targets when I was in, in the military. Mm-hmm. And basically what it consisted of is that they took a, a, a target, they raised it up over the berm, and they walked back and forth with it. And you did your best to shoot it. I've seen clips of that, and yeah. You would be surprised how many trained, expert, qualifying Marines could not hit a moving target. Guys, these are the Marines. They are, their pride and joy is their mark, marksmanship. Like, this is, right. they stress that. That is their now, specialty. Now, add a guy shooting back at you. Mm-hmm. So, again, the, the the issue here is not, you know, can you, should you, will you? It's, do you know when to, do you know how to? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, that's, that's, I, I don't want to get too much crazier on this because, I mean, I, I can go for hours on this subject alone. But I, th- but I think that's... Realistically, yeah. you know, you need to be able to say, if you're going to carry, you need to be trained. There's there's lots and lots and lots of training centers out there. Go do some training and then stick to it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's but, a really good distinction. Do you want to talk about OPSEC now instead of... No, we already talked about OPSEC. I'm, I'm kind of done with OPSEC. I want to move on to, like, okay. entry mechanisms, like locks and things like that. Okay. Well, I, I, I guess I it, it's all still kind of falling into OPSEC, but whatever. Whatever. So locks are really easy to circumvent. <laughs> And I pick locks as a hobby. You know, I, I don't, I only do it to my own locks or those I've been given, uh, like, ath- authorization to, to pick and try and get into. Usually it's just friends who lock their keys in their house. Mm-hmm. So I only do it in, in perfectly legal circumstances. It's legal in my state to carry picks, all that. That being said, they're super easy. <laughs> and it's scary. Like, even the magnetic locks, you get a, a good 
real good like rare earth magnet and kachunk. You just slide the the bolt right out of the way. So it should in no way be relied upon. And you really need to think an attacker isn't going to have and I say attacker, I don't necessarily mean physical attacker. I mean anyone who's trying to get access to where they should not have access to. They're going to have no no holds barred, right? They're, I mean, honestly, you maybe want to lock where it's it's so effective that it'd be easier to break the door down or, or cut through it or something. That's a good lock. But that also brings to mind, like, if you are in charge of security at a data center, you want to make sure your windows are barred. Ideally, no windows. I know that's not totally avoidable sometimes but you know you don't want any sort of entry where it can be avoided Mm -hmm. my favorite my favorite lock ever in my entire life Mm -hmm. that i've ever seen is a steel door and then right next to it is a regular window and on the other side of the door is a is the the lock that you just you just rotate you know there's no key it's not a keyed lock it's just a flip and that was a secure uh entrance (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, in those cases, they're just going to break the window. But yeah, there's there's lots of creative ways. And if you really want to see some creative stuff, like Deviant Olin, we had him on the show, what, two episodes, three episodes ago? When we did the uh, interview at Hope? Or the yeah, talk at yeah, Hope? Yeah. He specializes in this stuff. He specializes in physical security, and specifically physical security audits. And he has some of the most funniest video clips I've ever seen. He opened a door once with whiskey, where he he put the whiskey in his mouth and kind of uh like missed it. Like I don't know what's the term I'm looking for. Like the the old perfume spray bottles. They have a special name and I can't remember. Whatever. So he like sprayed it with his mouth into a mist past the. I'm sorry. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, past like through the crack in the front doors to a building. And I think it was like a liquor shop or something. And the motion sensor on the inside, which is for some reason still kept a- kept active after hours, opens the door. Because it sees that miss and it perceives as, as there being a solid entity there being, oh, someone's trying to get out. So the optic sensor is like, all right, let me open these doors. So <laughs> that might be one of my favorite, most recent ones from him. But he's come up with a lot of creative ways to open doors. And well, I think the thing that, we, you know, people... And we've stressed this before: mm-hmm. is that if you have if you have physical access to something, you need to make you need to just configure it's not secure anymore, right? I mean, that's how sure. we. Sure, I mean, physical it, access it to needs a computer to be layered. Secure, so. It needs to be sure. layered. Sure. Yeah. Well, the thing that the thing that I don't like is is like you said those those access those detectors mm-hmm. that are that are that are enabled all, at all hours of the day. Like, yeah, I don't actually even like those like during the day. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have a badge on one side of the door, realistically, you should have a badge on the other on the on the opposite side. Like, you should not. Well, I think fire regulations might not allow that for badged stuff. So make but... it a make it a make it a push bar. Sure. Yeah, push bar would be a lot better in that in that case. Yeah. Right. That's but, and auto closing my... on a piston or whatever. Yeah. Right. 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 I mean, my point is, you know, those are inherently insecure. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, I mean, like, like that in itself is all you have to do is walk by a door, and so we just, you know, hear the click, and they can push on it. They're in, you know. Yeah. And never mind the the social aspect of standing by a door with a, a ton of boxes in your hands and like what looks right, to be right, right. a, a courier then, outfit. Right. Hey, can you right. get the door for me? My hands hey, are. You, yeah. Hey, can you hold the door for me for a second? Oh yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. Who are you going to go see? Oh, I'm going yeah. to go see. You know, again, obsec. If people don't know who works yes. there, or uh, even if you know, they make do, sure your because you can make you sure your directory isn't that. published to the internet, <clears throat> or available via your automated phone line or whatever. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, you you got the you got the reference I was throwing out there though, right? Yeah, yeah, I I, I caught it. 
<laughs> if if they don't work there, they will be escorted by security. Period. So that's so the only that, way they thing, can do it. Right. That's the other thing that I think workplaces should have. Like one place I worked, they just had a little a little token without an ID or anything like that on there, and it's really easy to go get a fake one mm-hmm. and and have it hanging down. And people are like, oh oh yeah, it's not working for some reason. I don't know what's going on. Can you just let me? I, I'll go talk to HR. O't oh, yeah, sure, no problem. No, no, no. what you should have is you should have a, a badge mm-hmm. with your identification with your picture Photo, and your yeah. name on it. you know I obviously that is is just as easy to spoof, but uh, well, it's, it's less layer. easy, but yeah it's a, it's a layer yeah. of complications it's for a, the attacker. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's not as easy as like Ocean's 11 says it is. But, you know, <laughs> right. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. And that's ideally if I were to and this would be super expensive so this is probably why I, I don't design them. But if I were to design a badge entry mechanism, I would have maybe like a QR coded badge rather than a barcode, like a magnetic strip or a barcode, I okay. guess. A barcode or instead of a QR code. QR codes mm. just hold my memory. Granted, it's easily spoofed, but that badge would also have a photo of the employee. When they off, their photo would be displayed. You'd have a wait of 10 seconds before the doors open, and you'd have a, a guy at the security desk right behind those doors who would also see that that feed. What about doors that are further further inside? Because I have to badge yeah. through... Well, that's... You know, that, wait, I guess wait, I have to badge through one... I have to badge through at least two doors in one instance and three in others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's I guess that's where layering comes into place. You probably don't need that visual veri- verification. On interior doors? Yeah. Yeah, because like if you're just trying to get to the bathroom and come back or something, that you can't really have someone monitoring for that twenty four seven. You would have a you would have a riot on your hands. Oh yeah, yeah. And and again, this is all about risk like risk payoff balance, you know. Sure. But that perimeter that out those outside doors, every outside entrance, and and don't forget about the delivery bays too, because everyone always forgets about the delivery bays. Well, we have a we have a package building that if packages come in, that's where they go and they get scanned and checked and everything. And realistically, and I know it's it's harder for some like some businesses to do, mm-hmm. but realistically, that's what you should do is you should have a facility that you know says, hey, hey, this is where your packages are going. We're going to you know, scan them as much as we can. Depending on the security of your building, they may even x-ray, mm-hmm. whatever. But, you know, realistically, they shouldn't come to the receptionist. The receptionist should be like, oh, yeah, sure, I can take that for you. No, no. Yeah. That's not, no. You know? Yeah, and then you have and just a, a internal, internally hired gopher just run between the buildings passing packages that need to go out or go in. Yeah. Right. That's absolutely what we have. Cool. 100%. Very cool. Yep. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a good way to do it. That already defeats the, like, the standard UPS guy. I mean, granted, there's always, like, the pizza guy, but well, we, I he don't can't think we cover can for deliveries. every... I, I don't think we can get deliveries. We have to go pick it up. Okay. Yeah, you, you can't account also for every single instance. There's going to be a weak point somewhere. The question is how you deal with that. Yeah. Right. I mean, if you're in a building with other other residents and one group allows deliveries... But one group doesn't, mm. or you know, does or doesn't, I mean, whatever. Yeah. You know, I mean, you you obviously can't control the pizza hut guy coming in, mm-hmm. but we we have our own campus or whatever. So if there's a delivery guy there, that's you know suspect. Yeah. Like immediately, like, oh, what are you doing here? Yeah, and as long as you, you know, I, I think operations and security, like the op- ops team and the security team, really need to get better communication in really large camp like large business buildings yeah. because they could say like, look, oh, we've got yeah. the telco guy coming in scheduled for this time at this date. It's from this company. Right. And then ideally they should try and call the the provider and be like, and get a 
name of the guy. You know, like every, every it can never be too bad to have too much information about this. Absolutely. Because that's Absolutely. another big thing is like, you know, it, you know how easy it is to spoof an AT&T get up, you know? Oh, uh, oh. Hard hat. UPS. Harness. AT&T. Yeah. Any of the And AT&T will get you right into the DC. Right into the DC. So, yeah. So security and ops really need to have a good communication channel going. Yeah. I mean, if if you're in ops, take your securities out out for drinks after work sometime. Like, really build a good rapport with them. You want to have a good communication with them. Yeah. You don't, like, I, I would say it's more important to take them out for drinks than the executive suite, you know? Um, um, it, it may not do yeah. as much for your job, but it will do your job better. Well, well, realistically, so. like if you're if you're in a like you said, if you're in a um, a large building like a like a skyrise, mm-hmm. and you have multiple security teams, I mean, realistically, they should all work together. They should all coordinate yeah. together. You know, hey, look, we you know we found so and so has come by, and and we're not going to allow that person in. Uh, you know, it's up to you, obviously. You know. I, of course, that can always end up being like, you know, I don't work with that guy, so I'm, I'm not going to listen to what he says. But, you know, really, it's you have to kind of put your ego away and just, you know, do what you can to coordinate the best you can. You know? Yep. And really, so. the uh, uh, remember when the guy climbed the Trump Tower? That was like maybe a month or two ago. Yeah, not rough time. Oh, you didn't see, see that? Oh, it was great. A guy used like, uh, like uh, I think suction cups even. like Oh, yeah. I yeah, yeah, that. yeah. Yep. So they had a pretty good response. Like they, granted, it went on a little bit longer than it probably should have. And like, I'm not saying the guy shouldn't have done it or anything like that. I'm saying from a strictly response perspective, they should have caught him before he got past floor two or three. But they finally got him. They waited for him by an open window. They dragged him in and then escorted him. And, and who knows what happened after that? You know, I'm not yeah, going to that. But I don't think he made it all the way. To the they top, responded. Right? No, I don't think he did. I don't. I I seem to recall footage of him being dragged inside by a security team. Sure. So that's that's another good example. You want to have as many bases as covered, even the silly ones. I right. doubt anybody's going to try and break into your particular building via scaling the walls with suction cups. But you want to be at least consider what to do if it is, and and I doubt right. it's going to be in like your protocols. Have staff on hand that are available for emergency. Consultation like that, yeah. I'm I'm curious what Jason Jathan has to say. I don't. Yeah, even quite. You don't. (laughs) You don't have anything to say. I think for one thing, this has gotten way fucking off topic. That's all right. It's still it's still. But also, I work in a public building, so there's not really much to say. Yeah. Are you Are you allowed to carry a concealed firearm if you have one? No. Well, no. It's it's uh it's a student campus. Most states don't allow it. Yeah, I mean, by by state, all guns have to be checked. I'm glad you said most. (laughs) Yeah, not all of them. Not all of them, but most of them do. If you could, Jathan, would you carry? Nope. Okay. (laughs) That was no desire. Like, okay, man, I, I really love. And asking a question and getting one word response. Well, that was like ages ago. But for one thing, like I don't trust myself to react appropriately in a situation with, you know, an active shooter or anything like that. Nor do I want to mm-hmm. be the guy that's in a position that people think I should have reacted a given way or not. So I just wouldn't. And then help. Oh, are... and then help a responsible after the fact. Yeah. Well, you yeah. are technically not under any obligation to react. No, of but the public not. isn't going to think that, though. They're going to be like, you were armed. Why didn't you do something? And that's that's hard because you're already battling with that yourself at that point, you know, let alone having everyone else reinforce that na- that idea that you have planted in your head. That's that like, sure. Yeah. So that's a really hard position. And I think it's it's smart to know your limits like that. I think that's yeah, I yeah, think that's yeah. good. Yeah, I think that's really good. 
Yeah, I mean, mostly I don't ever really think that I would feel unsafe in a situation given where I work or anything. It's yeah, a... it's it's unlikely, but we're, we're, we're about preparation in this segment, so. Sure, but, you know, I don't work in the data center. Mm-hmm. If somebody has a gun, it's not going to be, like, affecting my work necessarily, you know? Sure. Sure, I could potentially save the whole building or not, but it's a building with, let's see, I think 14 or 16 different entrances. Yeah, that's, that's a okay. lot of ground to cover. It's unlocked from 7 to 7 every day. <laughs> You're fucked. Yeah, I mean, there's windows in every single room basically so do you have do you have ids and and badges and things or how's what's i mean if you work there you have a staff id but you're not obligated to ever present it or carry Mm. it that's weird i mean you have to think i work at a public university that's literally like i mean i basically work for the state of colorado so no it's still privatized but yeah in a sense yeah but also not i mean a large portion it behaves a lot like the state yeah it behaves a lot like a a state-sponsored resource sure um but i mean in that sense we have our own police department we have are they armed yes Uh, they're actual members of the police force yeah so i've been told and i actually don't know if this is entirely true or not but since the cu police are state trained they're actually they have more jurisdiction than the boulder police department do interesting okay so they're they're almost state troopers at that point but yeah i i wouldn't go quite that far yeah yeah Yeah, almost like they're they're in between the local police and and yeah i mean i'd say majority interesting that the that the that the university police are state trained yeah that's that's very interesting i mean we do uh, seriously get a shit ton of resources from the state like sure massive amounts so uh but on that note i mean students pay tuition to go to school a lot of the rooms in the building the resources are available to everybody freely Mm. so there's not much we can do i mean we obviously have security on like the server room and stuff like that but even that a lot of the like we have two data centers that i work in and One of them we actually manage entirely. The other one is just like another data center on campus run by main campus IT. So we actually don't even do the physical security for that or anything. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Okay. Any closing remarks? Because I I, I think we're ready to move on to the baddies. We're at hour 32 minutes, 26 seconds. Yeah, this has been a long one. Yeah. Don't ever say this is going to be a short one ever again. (laughs) Sorry. I jinxed it. It's all your fault. It is all my fault. I have... I have nothing really to say except, you know, do the best you can. Maybe get an audit of your security mm-hmm. and see where you stand, really. Audits are yeah, a great say. idea. And there's many types of audits. You know, there's well, digital audits, I would say, physical security audits, yeah. I'd say get an audit and then actually, like, listen to it mm-hmm. and not just go, oh, yeah, no, we will do that. Yeah. No. Get the audit, listen to the audit, pay attention to the audit, and then apply those practices that they tell you to do. Sure. I really think that that's, if you do those things, then, you know, security will be just an afterthought at that point, mm. possibly. Yeah. Jathan, you want to take the baddie? I suppose. There's not much context here. <laughs> there's there's enough. Pretty much, it's a picture. Well, what does the picture describe? What does it show? Well, the left part of the picture is completely useless. Just ignore the left part. Okay. Basically, we have somebody in a putty window who is supposedly moving their root file system. And based on the, uh, I guess, partition number, it does seem like that's probably pretty likely. Yeah, that's slash, not slash root, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. And the caption on this picture is, it's 3 a.m. No one will be messing with the server while I move the root file system. What could possibly go wrong? And we have this person who's moving and there's status messages printed out they're at like 81 percent, and then it seems like somebody else typed reboot and the person who was moving the file system got disconnected and i would assume that is the end of whatever machine that is or yeah i mean i guess it depends where the fuck they were moving it to yeah that's so basically it got fucked 
It got fucked in situ. It was in the it, middle it, of a root file system transfer. Oh, gosh. I really, really hope they had some sort of contingency for that because that is... Oh. So anyways, that's our baddie. It's not... So it was It was submitted to Reddit. We'll, we'll post the link, of course. Submitted to Reddit by Second Semblance. But it wasn't his fault, per se. It was whoever yeah. kicked that box. <laughs> so... I don't well, think, I don't it think, could be his yeah. fault in that if he was not sure about it, he shouldn't have been doing it. Yeah, and I, I don't know. There's a, I didn't read the whole comment thread, so I don't know if he announced the maintenance or anything. So in, in that sense, I, it could be his baddie, too. But, this person who actually posted it in the comments is taking credit for having been responsible. Oh, okay. So, second semblance. There you go. We hope you, you learned from your lesson. It happens to the best of us. And good luck. <laughs> good luck on cleaning that up. So that's it. That's yeah. that's S1E17. Man, this is such a long one. And you know what? We're still only like half the length that the season finale for last season was. <laughs> so <laughs> that was a long one. And this will this will be trimmed down too if our, our editor is aggressive with it like the last one. But I need to make sure I get this to her tonight so she has time. Yeah, so this has been Sis and Menace Trivia. I'm Brent. I'm Jonathan. I'm Peyton. Bang, bang. See you. Resultó especialmente significativa en la década de los 80, un tiempo que estuvo marcado por agitaciones de todo tipo, que estuvo marcado por ruptura, que estuvo marcado por desencuentro, pero también por una enorme desazón, efervescencia que de alguna manera